This is Eve's on the Move. Man Osborne Roberts, uh, class of 99, he, him, his, and we're currently sitting on the porch of my house here in the Central Park neighborhood of Denver, Colorado. Thank you for welcoming the Eves on the Move travelers, journey adventurers, all of the above. Um, <laughs> uh, we are entering day number seven of the journey, and um, first of all, it's a pleasure, and we're very grateful for you to welcome us into your home and to add your voice to this project. Thanks for being here. It's, it's great to have you. It's great to see you again. <laughs> great to see you too. Um, the first question I'm going to try to you is more a little bit of a lighthearted question, and, and it asks, what, what is a favorite project or hobby that you like to share that you're most excited about from the past year or just in general? It's a little hard to say. Um, my, my entire family, you know, my brother's speech at my wedding about me, he was my best man, was... Uh, about how I was marrying this wonderful person, you know, Camille, my wife, Williams 2000, uh, to rein me in. <laughs> that's, that hasn't really changed so much uh, in the ensuing 15 years. Uh, really, you know, of all the, the, the things that I do, I'd, I'd have to say that as far as hobbies, capoeira is probably my, my favorite one. I've been playing capoeira for eight years now, uh, consistently, a little time before that even. Uh, and you know, learning, progressing. For, for those who don't know capoeira, it's an Afro-Brazilian martial art that was hidden in dance during the times of slavery uh, and uh, was used for resistance and, you know, in many ways, you know, to actually escape slavery, also for cultural preservation, a whole range of things. And uh, it's, it's, it's a big piece of my life. I really, really enjoy it. And it's, it's uh, really fantastic. You know, it's singing, it's dance, it's martial arts, it's relationships, it's connections to who I am and, and my history. It's, it's really, really a big thing. Is this a family sort of based activity or uh, do you do it with other friends here in the area? So I uh, belong to a group uh, that meets a little closer to downtown. And in addition to that, my kids both play. And I don't know if they'll continue playing. You know, they've had a little break because of the pandemic, but we'll see. My son says he still wants to do it. My daughter will be in and out, I think. <laughs> she's, got, she's got some other interests right about now, so. That's fair, that's fair. Um, so I know on the other hand, you've been really, really busy, um, and this dovetails very, just a little bit, right? Um, this dovetails into the next question, which is, um, what do you do for work, if you can explain to us, and how does that connect with who you are as a person? So I am trained as a family physician, and right now I'm a full-time family physician, uh, and I uh, work uh, for a company that does value-based care, which is a way of paying for medicine that allows me to spend more time with my patients, 30 minutes, an hour, you know, really getting to know them, solving their issues, and going about that. It's been an interesting time in uh, 2020 and 2021 uh, to be uh, a physician. Uh, I, I ran off, as I often do, to Carnival in Trinidad and Tobago. My parents are Trinidadian, and I came back from Carnival in 2020 directly into a pandemic. Uh, and a week later, I'd caught COVID. And it's, you know, it, it thankfully a light case. I didn't end up hospitalized, uh, you know, got it very early and took about nine months for symptoms to fully clear up. Uh, but thankfully they, thankfully they did. Uh, and I've just been working throughout that time, helping people, serving my community, all those sorts of things. Uh, and I'd say that's the part of me where it connects with who I am. 
Uh, my, I come from a service-oriented family. My dad was in the U.S. Air Force, uh, even as an immigrant. Uh, and my mother uh, was a, uh, trained as a, a uh, science teacher and uh, worked in schools and other sorts of things. Um, and because of that early, I got a love for two things, math and science, and service. And being a physician and, and, and really working to, to serve primarily underserved communities, uh, primarily Spanish-speaking communities, uh, recent immigrant communities, all of these sorts of things, service, the communities I'm serving, um, this love for math and science, all of those things are, are really wrapped up in, in what I do. Um, I should also add that in addition to the clinical work I do, I've done a lot in administration. Uh, I've been chief medical officer for the Medicaid uh, program, the office that runs the Medicaid program here in Colorado. Uh, chief Medical Officer of a large data company that also services that division here in Colorado. And, uh, I've done a range of things in terms of trying to make the healthcare system better. Um, engaged in policy work. I've written policy that um, for the uh, American Medical Association and the American Academy of Family Physicians, uh, including the policy that got the AMA, the American Medical Association, to support Obamacare. Uh, and I was a co-author, one of the lead co-authors on that. That was that was really nice. But also policy on uh, excessive use of uh, force and policing. And recently, through my role on the AMA's Council on Science and Public Health, I uh, helped to guide policy uh, that uh, looked at uh, drugs and uh, for uh, uh, sedation in, in, in cases of what is sometimes called. Uh, um, uh, agitated delirium and you know appropriate limits and, and, and working to reform that system which is here in our community here in Colorado we, we had the Elijah McClain case uh, where he died secondary to sedation with ketamine uh, in a law enforcement situation and, um, so the long and the short is everything I do in my career seems to come back to who I am as a person my background my family my race my uh, um, status as a first-generation American, all of it. Thank you so much for sharing that. I, <laughs> there's so much inspiration and in, in packed in there <laughs> from, <laughs> from the generational sort of passing down of the notion of service through to just also the aspect of creating sort of inclusion and equity in, in spaces around, <laughs> especially connecting healthcare to issues around race um, and systemic um, you know, systemic issues in our society right now. Um, what, especially in the past year, how have you kept yourself inspired? What, what, what's been that go-to, whether it's whatever small thing or large thing keeps you inspired to keep going with that work? Because I'm sure that's not easy. It's not always easy. <laughs> it's, it can be difficult work. It can be lonely work. Uh, and I'd say what has kept me inspired are people. Uh, it really starts here at home. Um, I, you know, uh, as I mentioned, I'm married uh, to a wonderful woman, uh, also Williams alum, uh, and I have two kids, uh, my uh, daughter who is nine, almost ten, be ten in three weeks, and my son who's twelve and a half, and part of it is wanting to make a better world for all of them, uh, part of it is you know, just really wanting to, to, to set a good example, uh, but it's wider than that, uh, it's uh, about connecting to my community and uh, my wider community, you know, whether you know that, that's identified as uh, other immigrant families, whether that's identified as people of color, whether that's identified as my city here, Denver, uh, really just connecting with all the communities I'm a part of and really, really, you know, looking to help them. Um, and sometimes it's just really specific folks that, that really 
uh, when I'm having a hard day, are able to support me somehow. Uh, <laughs> sometimes that's co-workers. Uh, oftentimes it's friends and mentors uh, who are able to provide you know, really good advice and help me get past a difficult moment. Uh, starting in two days, it will actually be my academic community. While I will always first and foremost be an EF, uh, I'm actually going to be uh, becoming an Eli <laughs> in, in two days because I'm starting a, a fellowship program uh, in uh, health equity leadership uh, where I'll be earning my MBA at the Yale School of Management uh, and staying uh, deeply connected to these issues and to faculty members and new classmates who are just going to be able to support me more and push me harder. Uh, well, <laughs> again, thank you for, for having the energy to, to take that torch in, in those spaces and getting the knowledge because we need a lot more <laughs> uh, people in our communities uh, to be able to be at the table and, and helping to shape policy to help to help direct decision-making processes that affect everyone on the front lines. Um, you start alluding to this in some ways and maybe overlaps, but how do you engage with your community, however you define community in, in any ways, whether that's here in Denver or anywhere else? Well, I talked a little about how I engage with my community in my work, um, but a lot of it is engaging with my community in my personal and private life. Uh, sports is a big thing, <laughs> so capoeira I mentioned, uh, and, and that's a big piece, and, and you know, the physical activity aspect and the performance aspects of that are, are a big deal. Uh, just being you know, part of my community here in my neighborhood, uh, showing up to events, you know, getting to know my neighbors, uh, and, and really uh, letting them know that uh, you know, they have another neighbor here, somebody they can count on, somebody who uh, is, is, is really here to be a part of, of where I live. Um, I'd say that um, increasingly, interestingly enough, it's online. Uh, and there's a lot of interesting sorts of um, ways to engage with different folks. Uh, so for instance, and I think I alluded to this, uh, I'm a diehard carnivalesco. Uh, I try to make it to as many carnivals as I can. Uh, and that's, there's been a, a little bit of a wrench you know, thrown in that past year and a half for completely different great reasons. The next two years might not be the great time to go while I'm trying to get a degree while working full time. Um, but, um, you know, just, you know, especially with them on WhatsApp uh, and other communities on WhatsApp, you know, texting back and forth and sending messages, you know, in between the time we can be together in person and do those sorts of things. It's, it's, it's community is more than it used to be. So it's, it's really nice. Thank you for sharing that. You talk uh, a lot, obviously, in the community, your formative experiences, you talk about Carnival. Going back to the Purple Valley, yeah. um, what formative experiences stand out to you that you carry today in your work or in your community, in the work that you do for your community? You know, it's, it's two things. Um, one is connection with people. Two is kindness. And as far as connection with people, I mean, uh, <laughs> we both lived in Williamstown, you live there now. If you wanted to get away from people, good luck. <laughs> it can't be done. Um, and I think there's, you know, it can be a double-edged sword because, you know, we all, you know, you know, the running joke is how many Williams students does it take to screw in a light bulb? All of them, what else is there to do? Um, but the reality is that you really learn a lot about what it means to really connect with people, you know, when they're ideal and who you want them to be, maybe when they're not, when they're not either, but it's just boring, you know, really to live in communion, real, you know, community with other people. Um, is a big deal and it's something that I've discovered not everybody has experiences with 
Um, and the more people I meet over time, you really understand that different people have had different levels of, of exposure to that. And it's been one of the most important things for me personally, um, and also in the work that I do, is to be able to connect with people and to do it in real, genuine, and great ways. And it's important. It's fascinating. Um, no, no, please. It's fascinating, I think, across most of our conversations, people and community, not surprisingly in some ways, but that essence of whether that's in the workplace, the communities, and the Purple Valley, that's the key aspect that's been kind of central to how people, especially in a time like this, have engaged and feel a sense of, you know, some sort of significance of what's important in life. <laughs> yeah, no, so I talked to other folks, and, and one of the things that comes up is, you know, a lot of other colleges refer to their folks as alums, and we do that, but more often, you know, we say, oh, you know, do you know any Williams people? And it's a small, subtle difference, and it's not completely unique to Williams, but it's, we do it a lot. <laughs> and that has always stuck by me because that's one of the things that leads me to kindness. Um, one of my really formative experiences was before I ever um, enrolled or matri matriculated. You know, you're, it's your senior year, you've gotten into some schools. If you're lucky, you'll be able to go and visit several of them. And, you know, there were schools that, you know, every school has its flavor and its focus and they're all wonderful. Um, but when I got to Williams, it was interesting. It didn't strike me as the world's most exciting place for Perspective Weekend, because it can't be. But what I felt immediately when I got on campus was, this is a place I could live for four years, at least. Because there was just this overwhelming sense of goodness, of kindness, of decency amongst not just the faculty and not just the staff and not just the current students, but even all of the admitted students. You could see they were looking for something really, really special around people's ability to, to listen to one another, to be kind to one another, to, to really um, just, just build something together. And that, that stuck with me. And it's a big part of the reason that I enrolled. And I still find that to be the case years later whenever I meet somebody who's been there. Thank you for sharing that reflection. I mean, that especially the notion of kindness is it's critical right now in the times that we're living in. So, yeah. um, twisting a little bit the questions now into more personal kind of abstract, mm -hmm. what brings you joy? Family first. My life goal, which is to do all the things, second. <laughs> And then those things, uh, <laughs> um, you know, but, uh, but, but maybe to give a number three, that's a little more interesting to go back to carnival a little bit. Um, right now in our society throughout the world, but especially in the United States, there's a lot of strife related to trying to wrestle with our history, our longstanding history of slavery and of uh, genocide and colonialism and all the things that, that come along with that. And, you know, getting to where we happen to be and all of the people that our country is, you know, which is incredibly diverse and made up of all sorts of folks. And uh, one of the things that that is important to me is carnival. And a lot of people go, oh, yeah, frivolous, you're going to party. And, well, yes, of course I'm going to party. That's part of carnival. But I, I think a lot of people don't necessarily know the history because carnival came out of slavery. And it was initially one of the few days 
uh, that uh, slaves in Trinidad and throughout you know other places that celebrate carnival were allowed to have a celebration, you know, and allowed to dress up any way they want and actually mock uh, the uh, owners of, of the uh, plantations uh, and estates uh, and have political commentary and preserve their culture and all these sorts of things. And over time, everything that got involved in carnival, like steel pan, which was come up with when they banned drums, they started beating on oil drums, and then they discovered they could tune it and make a beautiful, amazing musical instrument that sounds amazing. Um, and uh, stick fighting, which was banned for years, but has made a resurgence. And all of these things is this transformation of something that was oppressed or unhappy into something that is now the single biggest celebration of euphoria on the planet, the entire planet. For me, it's spiritual. Uh, that level of joy, you know, uh, if you've never been, and I don't think you have, uh, you've got to go. <laughs> you have to go because you see, you see what the potential for human happiness is. It, it, in the and togetherness and breaking down boundaries and all being one part of one big human family. You see what that can be, and whenever I go, it inspires me until I can make the next one. You know, two or three years later, um, and keeps me going. Wow, I mean, I definitely gonna have to check this off my list next after we finish this Eve in the Moon project <laughs> in a few years. Um, next project, oh, Eve's a Carnival. Eve's a Carnival. Oh, that's not a bad one. Don't give me ideas. Don't give me ideas. Well, we thought this was never going to happen, so here we are. Um, the last one I'm going to throw your way is imagine yourself writing a thank you note. You know, I'm saying writing. <laughs> um, who would it be to and what would that thank you note say? Oh, it's so hard to pick one person. Um, I'm made up, you know of a lot of experiences and a lot of people have helped me with a lot of things. Um, if I had to pick one, I would have to say my mother. Nothing against my dad, I love him too. <laughs> or any of my other family. Or any of the many people who've mentored and, and helped me up over time. But I'd have to say, you know, my mother, and I would say thank you very much for bringing me into the world at all, for always supporting me uh, and sticking by me and being my fiercest and first and best advocate uh, when I encountered adversity, uh, for telling me the hard things I didn't want to hear <laughs> when necessary. Sometimes not when not necessary, but you know, usually when necessary. Um, and um, even as I continue to grow and develop and become you know, a person that you couldn't even, even imagine continuing to love me still. That's, um, <laughs> it hits at my heart a lot. Um, I think, you know, I, I relate to my mother as well, as you know, and, and yeah. so I, I appreciate what you're saying in there. And um, there's a lot of depth to that in many ways. And, <laughs> I'm holding back to you. <laughs> um, but thank you for sharing that as well. Um, Absolutely. That sort of really wraps up the, the whole interview in many ways. Um, we are very grateful for your time and for sharing in such a short amount of time a snippet of those aspects that make you who you are as a human being, as a professional um, in your community, as a community member, um, in the role that you have as an Eve here in some ways. it's transcends the Purple Valley and that's sort of the goal of what we're trying to do with this project 
Are there any last piece of uh, um, notes or any piece of advice you'd like to give? Uh, anything that stands out that you like to say to, uh, to alumni, to other EVs in the community? You know, um, purple is everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> the Purple Valley is a very big valley, it's worldwide. Uh, and, you know, for folks who are there, you know, enjoy it. It's a short four years. For folks who are elsewhere, bring the Purple Valley out to where you are. Um, you know, my, uh, and, and go out there and enjoy life. You know, eat it up. It's short. Uh, but it's beautiful, and there is so much uh, to do. Hashtag charmed life principle. Hashtag live to serve. Hashtag love to serve. <laughs> On that note, <laughs> you're making me feel a lot older right now, and this is amazing. Uh, thank you so much for your time uh, today. Uh, it's a pleasure seeing you uh, as a fellow Eve, as a friend that I've known for so many years, and thank you for opening your home. Absolutely. Um, such short notice in many ways. So thank, thank you for you. coming. It's great to see you. For other alumni stories, please check out alumni.williams.edu forward slash 200. Thanks for tuning in.